Well, we serve a faithful God, don't we? Even when we're so unfaithful. Well, before, before we begin today, I have some exciting news to share with you. We started our service off talking about the Hospital of Hope uh, in, in Togo, West Africa. And let me give you a brief background with the connection with that hospital in northern Togo and Grace Point Church. Uh, Grace Point was the first church to go with one of our missionaries that we supported at the time. He has since retired, but we went with the Newfields up to um, into Togo and up to the upper part, the Muslim area, predominantly Muslim area of Togo, with a short-term team. And the team really built a guest house on this really, really untouched property. And that guest house was used for other teams from, from around America to come, construction teams and, and uh, different teams to build the hospital. And, and so it's a pretty large complex now. And we sent uh, teams to Togo on a consistent basis and, and just got, had a chance to see the, really the, the hospital expanded. And then in 2015 it opened. And when it opened, the president of Togo flew in. Uh, they, they asked our executive pastor at the time to come because of the connection that Grace Point ha- had with, this, with the hospital. And uh, it opened. Now, before the hospital was there, they would have these places that people would go. They would refer to them as the house of death. You went there to die, not to get well and come back. And so this hospital with the state-of-the-art you know, facility and all that, uh, has since it opened has seen 86,000 patients so far, 86,000 uh, patients, and every morning there is a waiting line to get in. Now we take for granted, you know, you know, when we complain when we have to wait a little bit to see see a doctor, um, but uh, th- this is the line every single day, every single day, and it's not just a hospital for. The Togolese people, eight different countries in Africa are coming to the Hospital of Hope for care. Eight different uh, countries. And the hospital, the whole compound now is, is, uh, has 200 Togolese uh, you know, people serving and working uh, on, on this facility. Now, here's a, the two important things are, are this. Like we said, every single month, uh, we send really the money to, to the Hospital of Hope to pay the salary of nine chaplains that are helping really meet the needs of the people. The people that are recovering from surgery, recovering from whatever they're dealing with, uh, these chaplains uh, meet and pray with them and then have Bible studies. And many, many uh, Muslims have turned from Islam and trusted in Jesus Christ through the really the care and pastoring of these chaplains. Here's, here's several of them that I pulled from a video. So that, that's, a, that's exciting news that, uh, you, you know, when, when you faithfully give, it, it goes to real people and meeting real problems, especially leading people to Jesus. The second part of the exciting news is this, is that we are going to send another mission team, the short-term trip, uh, in February of 2023. It has been seven long years that we have been disconnected for a lot of reasons, um, not our, not, nothing bad, but then we were prepared to send um, some people back to Togo and then COVID hit, that all got shut down and now the opportunity is open. So you're going to hear more about this. If you're interested, um, keep your eye out on the, the Grace Point newsletter because we'll have an information meeting 
of what it's all about and what it entails, whether you're in the medical field or just a volunteer or you, we don't know, I mean, we have a whole list of things that they're asking us to, to send people for, so you can go to those uh, meetings and find out. So that is, that is exciting. I, I'm so excited to get reconnected with this amazing ministry that God has used our church um, in, in great ways. Now, if you're joining us, we're in this teaching series called Forged by Fire. We're looking at a letter that Paul wrote to a young leader, Timothy, and we're looking at leadership principles that are found in Scripture. By the way, the best leadership principles come from God's Word. Even people that don't even know God and they're putting into practice good leadership principles, those principles are often found in Scripture. So it was written by Paul to Timothy, and it applies to not just those going into ministry, leading a church like, like Timothy did. It's also leaders, parents, grandparents, um, officers, office managers, business owners. These principles hopefully will be a blessing to you. And if you're a leader and you make a decision, you're going to get pushback. And leaders are forged by fire, that pounding on you know, iron upon iron is, you know, some of these are just some examples how, of how leaders are forged by fire. They're not fun. They're not like, hey, I, I really, I, I'm lacking criticism. Can I get some more criticism in my life? We never say those things. But with leadership, all these things happen, and we get um, forged and pounded on to actually make us better leaders. Go ahead and turn to 1 Timothy chapter 6, if you would. 1 Timothy chapter 6. We were in chapter 4 last week. Chapter 5 was talking specifically to the church at Ephesus of what to do with uh, widows and how old they should be before you help them and all their families and all that. Now we're in chapter 6. We've talked about leaders, great leaders lead with humility. Leaders, doesn't matter who we are, we all have um, you know, requirements and qualifications to be a leader. And if we fail in those areas, it greatly damages our leadership influence. And last week we talked about great leaders have a clear focus. They lead with truth, right? They avoid the trivial and they really spend time focusing on things that are really important. And today we're going to talk about what we should do, what leaders should do when you're faced with toxic people. Toxic people. How do you respond and how do you deal with that? Pick up in chapter 6, the second half of verse 2, the very end of verse 2. Paul says this to Timothy. These are the things you are to teach and insist on. If anyone teaches otherwise and does not agree to the sound instruction of our Lord Jesus Christ and to godly teaching, that here's, some quali- here's some examples of what they are. They are conceited and understand nothing. Interest in controversies and quarrels about words that result in envy, strife, malicious talk, evil suspicions, and constant friction between people of corrupt mind who have been robbed of the truth and who think that godliness is a means to financial gain. Now, if you have a copy of God's Word, turn to the right to the next letter written to Timothy from Paul, chapter 3. Chapter 3, there will be terrible times 
in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. And he says, have nothing to do with such people. Have nothing to do with such people. Be toxic. Let's understand what it doesn't mean. What what toxic doesn't mean. It doesn't mean that you have someone in your life that's difficult. We all have somebody in our life that's difficult. Maybe that's called your parents. Maybe that's, maybe that's your, your sibling. Maybe someone that you work with. Just because someone is difficult, they're toxic. Another description that it's not toxic is they're just different. You ever have people in your life that just think completely different than you, process completely different? That can be irritating. But guess what? We're probably irritating to them as well. Toxic. And then also, some people are just hurting. They're hurting people. They're more needy, not necessarily toxic. And hurting people hurt people. Yes, and that's difficult and that's challenging. But at the core is hurt, not toxicity. Now, if a, if a package is going to be mailed with toxic chemicals, we place a label on it. All right, we, we warn the re- recipient or the people delivering the package that inside this package is toxic chemicals. Be careful. Handle with care. <laughs> Wear gloves. <laughs> but when it comes to people, it is often difficult to identify someone who is toxic and to t- detect them and to, and to avoid them at first. At first, it's, it's difficult to kind of sense someone who's toxic and you need to avoid them. Now, I did not watch much at all of the televised trial of Johnny Depp and his wife Amber Heard. If you spent a lot of time watching that, uh, you need to read your Bible more, okay? Um, But that was a, a sad illustration of a toxic marriage on both sides. But I guarantee you that when they first met, they didn't know that. And they just jumped into a relationship and they got married. But in time, all that toxic attitude and behavior and language surfaced. Let me show you some common signs of a toxic person. Uh, A toxic person is ruled by selfishness and spite. There's a bite to them. They are usually more draining than encouraging. They use people instead of loving people. They use people. Now, also, they are often, they also often have rash judgments. They, you know, the broad brush, so they make these harsh judgments about people or groups of people. 
they're in constant battles with people. They're always in conflict. And it's always the other person's fault. They seek to bring people down to their misery. Toxic people cannot stand happy and healthy people. So they kind of like, well, I'm not happy, I'm not healthy, and they are, so I need to pour onto them and bring them down to my miserable level. But also, they also seek control at every turn. They, they manipulate and they talk a certain way and they try to pit people against people, and it's all about control. So when you look at this, this list here, and then you look at what Paul is warning Timothy about, that there are people in this church at Ephesus, beware of, have, you know, and it goes on to say, have nothing to do with that type of person. Here's some, here's some descriptions that really line up with examples of toxic people. Um, he says, these people do not agree to standards. They, they, they go off course with their own standards. They're conceited. They have unhealthy interest in controversies. They love jumping in and into every controversy. There, there's, they quarrel about words. There's strife. There's envy. There's malicious talk. There's evil suspicions and constant friction between people. That's who Timothy was being warned against by his mentor, Paul. So what's the foundation for toxic, uh, someone who is just absolute toxic, all right? Toxicity. It's sin of selfishness. And the sin of selfishness applies to every single person that is listening to my voice. Because by nature, all of us want our own way. We want to be right, and we want to convince everybody else that we're right. This is a, a, a flaw of our fallen nature that's the result of sin, is selfishness. Selfishness is the leading cause of death in every relationship. But with people who have a toxic attitude and toxic mind and a toxic voice and, and language and control, the root of it is they want their own way. And come, you know, hell or high water, they're going to get their own way. And, and, and watch out to everybody around them if they are told no or they are not allowed to get their own way. Here's a central point today, is that wise leaders identify and remove toxic people from destroying their mission. A wise leader identifies and removes toxic pe people, and if they don't remove them, th their mission will be destroyed. So they have to do that in order so someone doesn't destroy the mission. Now, in, in chapter 6, mentions it in chapter 1 too, false teachers are toxic people. It destroys spiritual growth. It leads people down the path that leads to hell. Toxic false teachers are the ones that start cults. But there's also toxic pastors that 
I've experienced, maybe you've experienced too. How, how can you spot, spot a toxic pastor? Because it's more about them than it is about Jesus. That's, that's the dead giveaway, that it's more about them than it is about Jesus. If the ministry has to revolve around them, and they have to always get their way, they cannot be told no, they don't want accountability, watch out. Watch out. And so what Paul, Paul is warning Timothy about is you have some false teachers. Chapter 1, it says you need to remove them from teaching. They're teaching in contrary to God's Word. That's why I always tell people, especially in our transient you know, military community, I said, you know, you got to find a church. And now here's my, my two things, try to keep it simple. Find a church that teaches God's Word, number one. And then one that fits you, because everyone's different. But if they're not teaching God's Word, the source is not God's Word, watch out. Toxic pastors, toxic teachers. There's also toxic people that are cancer to teams, cancer to friendships, marriages, um, employ, employment um, in you know, workplaces, toxic people. There's toxic friends who, who just twist and distort and they ruin someone's heart and attitude. Pretty soon a healthy person is mimicking their toxic friend. And chapter 3 of 2 Timothy is describing a toxic culture. And you go through the list uh, of 2 Timothy 3, 1, one through, uh, I think, 1 through uh, 6. That is describing our American culture right now. And at the core of it is all selfishness. All selfishness. And the reason why our culture is so unhealthy and so toxic is because as a culture we have removed God. And when we remove, and when a culture removes God, the nature of God, the characteristics of God leave as well. That's why the, the, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, you know, gentleness, kindness, patience, self-control. All, all of those are characteristics of the active work of the Holy Spirit and God. But when we remove God out of a relationship, when we remove God out of a country, when we remove God out of a culture, all those good things leave as well. And it becomes incredibly toxic. And that's what we have. Gary Thomas is the author of uh, When to Walk Away, talking about dealing with toxic people. He, he says this, learning how to deal with toxic people is not, isn't first and foremost about protecting our joy, all right, and protecting our peace and protecting our reputation or even our sanity, although those are good aims. That's, that's the, the initial thing is I got toxic people and I, I just got to remove them because I'm miserable. He goes, that is not the first and foremost, you know, thing to protect. He says this, it's primarily about protecting our mission. That's why wise leaders will identify and remove toxic people because it's going to destroy the mission. What's the mission? What are we here to do? The mission for Graceborn Church really comes from Matthew 28, the Great Commission, but it's simplified on our wall. We exist to help people meet, know, and follow Jesus. And if anybody comes and they try to take us off mission and redirect us, 
that ha- they have to be removed because they're taking us away and will destroy the mission that God has called us here for. So as leaders, what do we do? As pastors and elders in our church, as parents, you get, we all have missions. We all have you know, things that we're to do. Uh, maybe you're a leader in your place of employment. What do we do? Well, the first thing we should do, we must do, is we must model healthy behavior. We must model, here's how to act, here's how to live, here's how to talk, here's how to respond to people. That's why in chapter 4, verse 12, as Paul, Paul is warning Peter about dealing with some hard things, verse 12 he says, by the way, young Timothy, set an example, model for the believers in speech and conduct and love and faith and in purity. You must model it. And after, in chapter 6, Paul is talking to, to, to Timothy about these toxic people that he's, he needs to deal with. He says in verse 11, he says, Timothy, pursue righteousness, pursue godliness, pursue faith and love and endurance and gentleness. We as leaders, we must model what we want others to follow. And we must set the example, set the, 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 what I say leaders set, the tone and tenor and temperature. The leaders as, as parents, Candy and I were setting the tone and tenor and temperature in our home. And we had to first model it ourselves. I heard a, uh, on a podcast the other day, I was, I was mowing, and, and they're saying that in Milwaukee, I think it's in Milwaukee, um, police came to, to deal with a, a, a situation, and two to five-year-olds, a whole group of two and five-year-olds, some of them still in diapers, went at the police, cussing them out and hitting them. Two and five-year-olds. Where did they learn that from? At home. So we must model the right behavior and how to respond. Lead by example. The second thing to do is this. We need to move or remove toxic people and situations. Let's, let's concentrate on, on move, on move. In, in the first part of Timothy, 1 Timothy 6, 11, he says, but you, man of God, flee from all of this. What he just described and all the toxic behavior. You must flee from all of this. Don't stay there and get tainted by being with those people. Move yourself away from toxic activity. Proverbs says this, do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered, or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. There's times when we must move away from a toxic person, toxic situations. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15 says this, do not be misled, bad company corrupts good character. Uh, we, we talked about this as parents. Because we as parents, we're on a mission. Our mission, Candy and I, when our kids were young, was to raise godly and responsible young adults. Meaning, they were going to leave our nest. 
And when they left as young adults, we wanted, as best as our ability, to leave adults who were trained how to be godly and how to be responsible, because that will carry in every, uh, in every chapter of their life. So when they were young, when they were in middle school, when we had sleepovers, we were on the alert for people who would move our, our, our children away from the mission that God has called us to do as parents. It was just, hey, it wasn't just everybody come over. No, we had, there were times where we went, okay, the next, the next sleepover, uh, this person will not come, come sleep over our house. You know, and we had to protect. And even when our kids didn't like it or agree, oh, okay, that young boy that you are attracted to, look at this behavior. This is going to lead you down this path. We're trying to have parents you down this path. And so you, the sooner you do it, the better, but it's a constant challenge. Jesus modeled this for us when he was faced with the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they were toxic individuals. He says in uh, Matthew 16, it says, The Pharisees and the Sadducees came to Jesus and tested him by asking him to show them a sign from heaven. Jesus replied, When evening comes, you say, It will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, well, today it's going to be stormy, for the sky is red and overcast. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. A wicked, this is what he's calling them, a wicked and adulterous generation looks for a sign, but none will be given it except the sign of Jonah. Then Jesus left them and went away. He's just like, I'm not going to engage with them. They're not asking questions because they really want information. They're trying to test me. They're trying to discredit me. They're trying to alter my mission, and I'm not going to let that happen. And he left and went away. So sometimes we must move. Sometimes it's like I, I need to get a different job because I am being so effective in a negative way. And I, I can't change those above me, so I need to move. Now let's talk about the second part of that, move and remove. There's times when we have to remove if you're in a leadership position and you have the influence to do it, you need to remove toxic people that is going to destroy what God is calling you to do. There was a time when I was a young youth pastor here, we had, um, I won't mention the name, but uh, we had a teenager that with his aim and purpose was to undermine everything I said and everything I did. And I worked with him and I went to his games at Olympic High School, and I went to his house to help him make videos because I was able to do some of those things. I, I was trying to invest in him. Nothing I did worked. Nothing I did meant anything. And all he was doing was causing disruption and dissension in the youth group. And I finally reached a point where I went over to the house, sat down parent, and I said, your son is no longer welcome. Now, thankfully, and I was prepared, okay, I'm going to get in a battle here with parents. Thankfully, the parents saw all of my efforts 
to, you know, help him and encourage him and, and all that. And, and they said, you have tried. We fully support your decision. And I walked out of the house going, thank you, Jesus. Our youth group instantly changed. The dark cloud left. And our, our youth group completely changed for the better because someone was removed. When I went to Southern California, a large youth group, very toxic youth group, very toxic environment. Candy referred to it as the den of iniquities. It was a huge room and lobby and amphitheater. And uh, I've never had to do this before or since, but I had to put a, pol- a police, um, you know, what's it called, a restraining order on two senior guys because they were dangerous and they were threatening some of my female small group leaders. And they crossed the line, contacted our, 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 another pastor above me or, or co-pastor of, of counseling, and, and he said, these, 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 these guys are dangerous. So we had a police restraining order. And it was weird for a month or two, a police car in our parking lot every time we met. Why? Because I needed to protect the group. But my bigger problem was with a bunch of volunteer small group leaders that I had to remove off of staff. That was not popular. I had to remove small group leaders who were sleeping with each other. It's completely unbiblical. I had to remove young adults who were buying alcohol for their high school small group. I'm finding all this out within the first two months. Like, welcome to your new position, you know. And then I had a whole group of them that didn't even attend the church. They attended youth group as leaders, but they didn't attend the church. And I knew to go where God has called me to go, I needed to remove toxic people who were destroying the mission that God had called us to do, and then find godly leaders to begin to disciple teenagers. Everything changed. But it wouldn't have gotten healthy until toxic people needed to be removed. Now, our church at Grace Point has been incredibly blessed to have a long history of godly leaders. But a few times, we have had to, as an elder board, remove certain people off of leadership boards because of their toxic behavior. They're angry, cursing when confronted, a different agenda, undermining. Again, it's been few, but as leaders, spiritual leaders, really the elders are spiritual oversight seers of, of, of Grace Point Church, we had to do those things. Why? Because that's what good leaders do to remove toxic people. Is it fun? Oh, no. The third thing we must do as leaders to recognize and then remove toxic people is to establish clear and healthy boundaries. To establish clear and healthy boundaries. That's why to start this section off, Paul tells Timothy, that these things I'm about to tell you, these things you are to teach and insist on. 
not only just teach them so people know them. No, you are in to insist on these things, meaning there's no room for debate. There is no negotiation. These are non-negotiables as the pastor, the young pastor at the church of Ephesus. So as leaders, as parents, as business owners or whatever, you need to establish clear and healthy boundaries and you need to insist on them so that your mission is not destroyed. What you are to do, what you are called to do, what you are assigned by God to do is you must establish clear and healthy boundaries. And one of the greatest failures of parents who are leaders over their children is when you give no boundaries. That, that, is, that is devastating and, and it's a path of destruction. But you must say, here are, here are the boundaries. And if you go outside the boundaries, it's called discipline. It's not fun, but I love you enough to do it. That must, you must establish clear and healthy boundaries. Um, as, as a coach for many, many years, we would give at the beginning of the season, here are the expectations. Here is what will get you in trouble. Even here's what will get you suspended. And we had to suspend some players. Was that fun? No. Was, ma whether it was mama bear and papa bear angry at us? Yes. But we were trying to protect what we were trying to do. Our church staff has a list of seven behavioral values slash expectations. And you're just like, well, why would a church staff have to have, like, this is your attitude, and this is what you should do, this is what you're not, well, you will not do, this is how you're, why would a staff working at a church have to have those? Because we hire human beings, right? We're all that way. And we've had to confront, like, no, 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 you will not go into your office and be having conversations about how ticked off you are at someone else on staff. In fact, just I think it was our last um, all staff meeting, we walked through those again. Repetitions, first law of learning. So we have expectations. This is how you will behave. Our, uh, this past year, all of our leadership boards at Grace Point Church have been going through a book called um, Lessons from the Church Boardroom. It has been so practical and so helpful, and a lot of it is, here's our lane, stay in our lane, and if someone on the boards gets out of their lane, here's what to do about it. And here's the attitudes that are appropriate, and be careful when someone on one of the boards veers from those attitudes, and, and you start, you're not, you're, you're not keeping things confidential that need to be confidential. You, uh, you're, you're messing around with this and this and that. Why do we have to do those things? Because we're human beings. And at the core of all of us, we're all selfish, and we want things to go our way. And so whenever you have a team or a staff or a group of people, uh, sometimes it's like, it's like herding cats. And you have to have those things. Now, I've had a ministry formula as a, I've had a, for, as a father, as a pastor, you know, really and just as a, as a leader. Here's my, my formula. High expectations, there's no problem having high expectations. 
But here's where we, where we miss it all the time, is we don't give clear instructions to your team, to your staff, to employees, to your children, to your grandchildren when they come to your house. High expectations plus clear instructions equals quality. Now we all want this, and we also have those, but we miss this. Clear instructions. Here's what is expected. Here's how to, to, to accomplish the high expectations. The high expectations of chapter 3 for pastors and elders are way up here. At a first glance, it's like, well, not, no pastors qualified. This, the, 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 the standard isn't perfection, it's godliness. And that should be a high expectation. Now here's clear instruction of how you talk, how you respond, what's your attitude like, da-da-da-da-da. And that produces quality and health in a church. You have to have it in your home. You have to have it in your place of employment. You have to have it on the boat. You have to have it in every area of life. And here is Paul talking to a young pastor, a young leader, and saying, watch out for these toxic people. So wise leaders, wise parents, wise pastors, wise owners, they identify and then remove toxicity from their group, from their team, from their church, because if not, the mission will be destroyed. The calling that God has placed on you, that you are here and need to go there. This is what you are to do. Toxic people will derail that. Derail that. It pains me to hear stories of people who have been so deeply wounded in toxic churches. Toxic pastors, toxic leaders that do not respond with humility and godliness of what God requires. And Satan gets a lot of victories. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you for using Paul and his uh, being inspired by the Holy Spirit, obviously, but also his experience and pouring into a young leader and giving him healthy warnings and saying, you need to deal with these things. You need to teach and insist on these things. These are non-negotiables. And then in the second letter, say, these type of people you need to stay far away from. Remove yourself from them. So, Lord, I pray that these transferable truths from your word will be a help to every parent, grandparent, leader in this room. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.